Mechanic sues grandpa for fixing cars for free and gets schooled when grandpa turns hobby into thriving pay-what-you-can auto repair business. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. My grandpa was a successful man, and in his mid-60s, he decided he wanted to take a step back, so he started selling off his businesses. He sold his various businesses and spent the next few years traveling. As he approached 70, he got bored, in addition to a few new grandchildren, so he needed a bigger house. He sold the old home that he had bought after he got back from Vietnam and bought this massive house on this large piece of land. This property also came with a massive steel barn. Not sure if he ever told anyone about his plans, but right after he got the property, he dumped a ton of money into tools and equipment and converted his barn into a mechanic's dream. Here's just a couple things I remember him having. He had a professional lift capable of lifting full-size trucks. He had those professional oil catchers you see at Quick Lubes. He had a dedicated air compressor system that was designed to power all his power tools. He had a tire machine to mount new tires. He had so much equipment. His tool corner was a massive corner of this barn. His plan? To fix cars, especially for people in need. He lived in a rural community. If you didn't have a car, that was a big problem. So he let everyone know at his local church that he was willing to work on their cars if they provided the parts. He only took a few jobs a week. He was doing this to enjoy himself and help those that needed it. He'd of course do oil changes, change the transmission fluid, and all kinds of various repairs. My grandpa was a talented mechanic. However, he kept the amount of work limited. He was also selective. If you were in need, he'd want to fix your cars. If you had the means to pay, he'd decline and ask you to go elsewhere. One day, the owner of a local car dealership came by and told my grandpa he needed to stop fixing other people's cars because he wasn't properly licensed, didn't have the proper insurances, and was hurting his business. My grandpa explained this is just his hobby. He only does a few cars a week. The owner told him he needs to cut it out or he's going to sue my grandpa out of business. My grandpa said he laughed over this. What business was this guy going to sue him out of? The owner walked out. A little while later, my grandpa got served. He was being sued by the owner of the car dealership. My grandpa thought he'd take a trip down to the dealership and try to reason with the man. My grandpa hoped he could come to an understanding. He spoke to the owner and basically explained he only works on people's cars who are down on their luck. The fact is, the people whose cars he was fixing probably couldn't afford to pay a professional dealership to fix their vehicle. He explained that he only does a few cars a week, and he's not all that interested in getting into a fight over his hobby, but he isn't going to back down. Well, they ended up in court. By this point, my grandpa had hired a lawyer, who was able to get the city to approve a commercial garage on his property. It helped that he lived on the outskirts of town and had six acres of property. The court told my grandpa his auto repair shop is operating illegally. If my grandpa wants to continue, he's going to need to get a business license, get the proper insurances, and if he does that, he'll be good to go. Now, what do you think a man who has nothing but time and money in this situation is going to do? He's going to get his business license and insurances, of course. Which he did. And that surprised no one. But he went further. He got a dedicated phone line, ran into his shop, hired a full-time mechanic, put up a professional sign, and set up a little waiting area with a water cooler. What shocked everyone even more, he ran a local TV ad, saying he was a pay-what-you-can mechanic shop, reservations only. He put ads in the local paper saying the same thing. 
Yeah, that's right, folks. My grandpa is not only a licensed legal auto repair business, he is a certified mechanic on his payroll, and he's running ads. As for his prices, they were quite simple. You either bring the parts yourself and pay the mechanic whatever you wanted. Mechanic got a separate wage from my grandpa, so if you couldn't pay anything, that was fine. Or you could have my grandpa source the parts for you. He'd charge you for the parts and you'd pay the mechanic whatever you want. My grandpa started taking jobs, and boy did that shop get busy. It was impossible to beat grandpa's price. Grandpa was essentially paying to fix your car for you. My grandpa would spend his days with the mechanic that he had hired working on cars. He loved it. The owner of the local car dealership was furious. He sued my grandpa again. They went to court and the judge basically said my grandpa owned a licensed insured auto repair business. What he charges his customers for his services is completely up to him, even if that means doing the work for free. About a year or so later, my grandpa gets a call from a lawyer who says he's representing a potential buyer of the local car dealership. However, the buyer wants to speak to my grandpa. My grandpa agreed. He sat down with the new potential buyer who expressed his concerns about buying the dealership. Service is a major profit center for a dealership, and he's considering buying the local dealership. However, he doesn't want to buy the dealership if my grandpa is going to keep operating the way he is, because it's impossible for a for-profit business to compete against someone selling their services for free. My grandpa agrees that there's no way someone looking to make a profitable business could ever compete against him. So they came to an agreement. The owner buys the dealership and my grandpa would only work on a few cars a week, maybe five or six, only work on people's cars who are down on their luck and probably too poor to be able to pay a professional dealership to fix their car. Any parts he needs, he will buy from the dealership and any work he declined, he'd refer to the dealership. The new owner of the dealership agreed to let my grandpa be and stay out of his way and that he must hire my grandpa's mechanic. They shook hands, the local dealership was bought out, and for the next nine years, my grandpa would fix people's cars who were down on their luck. If he had to buy parts, he'd buy from the dealership. As for that mechanic my grandpa hired, he ended up becoming the service manager and did quite well for himself. As for my grandpa, when he was 80, he had a heart attack in his shop. Luckily, one of his grandkids was there and they got him to the hospital and he made a full recovery. But the doctor told him his body couldn't handle working in that garage anymore. He ended up shutting down after that. And for the next three years, he looked out his kitchen window staring at his shop remembering all the fun he had in his garage. He passed away at 83, surrounded by friends and family. My grandpa was a really great guy. That jerk from the dealership just messed with the wrong person. This has got to be one of the best stories I've read so far. I love what grandpa was doing here, and I wish more people that were able to do stuff like this did it. Unfortunately, a lot of the time, people tend to hoard their money to themselves. Your grandpa was a very generous person. I guarantee he was bleeding money running that shop, but he did it in the interest of other people to make sure that they were able to get by. This jerk from the dealership that was getting in his face was just upset that he wasn't able to line his pockets with extra cash. He kind of brought it on himself by having your grandpa steal all of his customers. Customers. It seems like your grandpa was ready to be perfectly reasonable with him, and he was with the following owner of the dealership. I don't see what the problem would have been. The dealership still would have made 90% of the profit they were going to make, I'm sure, considering that the only customers he was taking was people that were down on their luck. And then everyone who was down on their luck can still be able to get by without having issues with their car. It just seems like a win-win for everyone.
My abusive ex-stepfather asked me to call the police if I knew anything, so I did. I, 29-year-old female, lived with my mom and her new boyfriend, who we'll call Jerkface, when I was a child. They met when I was 10 years old. From the moment I met this man, I never liked him. He gave off the most terrifying vibes, and even as a child, I could instinctively tell that there was something wrong with this man. Fast forward six years, and my mom and Jerkface are getting married. On my birthday, no less. I have three new siblings in that time from their marriage, and this man for the past six years has made my life miserable. He was physically and verbally aggressive almost every single day to me, my mom, and siblings. However, he did and still does have a particular dislike towards me. To this day, I'm still not sure why. He would exclude me from family events, force family members to not give me presents at Christmas and birthdays to then humiliate me on those events and make a scene of me not receiving gifts. He would body shame me as well. I was 11 years old when he did this, mind you, and called me a slut for wearing a skirt. He spent about $50,000 of my inheritance on himself, mostly on stuff like mountain bikes and things. He would hide my phone for no reason so I couldn't contact my father or friends or extended family. He wouldn't let me eat the yummy food, but would sit there and eat it in front of me. He ruined the very expensive four-wheel drive my mum bought as an adult out of my inheritance. And once he ruined it, left it at its demise place, which was out of town in the backcountry down a steep slope and in a creek for me and my mum to sort out. He had stolen cars and motorbikes, started a bushfire, tried to pin a break and enter of a friend's house in the middle of the night on my boyfriend, and that's just a snippet of the charms of this literal awful human being. I moved out very shortly after the wedding, and at 16 was living on my own, juggling two part-time jobs, full-time school, all in a brand new state and a brand new city. But it was a heck of a lot better than living at home. Fast forward again another 10 years. I'm 26 years old at this time. My mom has finally had the courage to separate from Jerkface with my three siblings after years of further abuse from Jerkface. He still tries and terrorizes their lives and controls them and demonstrates very threatening behavior. But at least they're out. My three siblings chose to stay with my mom for obvious reasons, but still had to have visitation with their father due to custody arrangements. Jerkface always had a lot of resentment towards the children for this, but can you blame them? Fast forward now to present day. I have full care of the oldest of my three younger siblings, as she wanted to escape Jerkface and move states to live with me. I fully supported this because I've always tried to help where I can. The youngest of the three stays with mom. The middle child, my brother, was very traumatized by Jerkface's behavior, and consequently has a lot of untreated trauma and behavior to go with it. I tried to take care of him and let him live with me and my family at one point. However, he also was too violent for me to handle. Jerkface actively stopped my brother getting the mental help he needed. I believe this to be that it might have held him accountable if my brother told anyone anything too incriminating. My brother moves back to my mother and youngest sister. He's also too violent for them to handle. Side note, I understand my brother's behavior is not okay, and unfortunately, a lot of it is learnt behavior. And when he has sought out help, Jerkface quickly stopped that. I'm hoping in the future, he can finally get the help he needs. Anyway, last week, Sunday, my brother assaulted a family member when at my mom's house. My brother was escorted off the property by police and taken to Jerkface's house to live now. I get a message from Jerkface on Wednesday for the first time in years, saying, Your brother's missing, the police have been 
something called. If you know anything, call me or the police. Instant panic sets in. I feel like a scared child again from a very benign message from this man. I sat looking at this message all night wondering what to do about it. That's when it came to me. Jerkface asked me to call the police if I knew anything. Jerkface did not specify what I had to know and tell the police. Just that if I knew anything to call them. So, I did. I called the police and told them that I felt I had some very important information to tell them regarding my missing brother. I told them everything. I described all the abuse that had happened to me and my family at great lengths. I told them that if they return my brother when they find him to Jerkface's house, that they'll be putting him in direct danger. I told them absolutely everything. The police were very interested to hear this about Jerkface, and put me on hold while the police officer I was speaking to went to discuss something with her superior. When I get taken off hold, I'm talking to a more senior officer now. He wants me to reiterate the story, which I do. He says, someone will call me back. I think, okay. I get a call back not too long after, and they ask, if needed, would I sign a statement to what I had said? Of course, I agree. I go down to my local police station to sign said statement regarding what I've told the police. There's now an arrest warrant out for Jerkface for a multitude of reasons. Seems there was more on his police file that I wasn't aware of, and I was told that under no circumstances would Jerkface be getting my brother, when he was found, or any of my other siblings back in his care. Now he won't be able to hurt my family anymore, so that's worth smiling over. It's been a slow burn to see any kind of justice come to this evil, entitled, crappy jerk, but my patience eventually paid off. ButcherBox is 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, all humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. And all of that delivered straight to your door with free shipping, always. Imagine always having high quality cuts in your freezer ready to go with no trips to the grocery store or planning out availability and knowing that it's food you can trust. There are curated to customized box plans at incredible value. Saving money at a grocery store is getting more and more difficult, especially when you're trying to get consistently high quality meat. Sign up at butcherbox.com jerk and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com jerk and use code jerk to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. First off, I'm sorry it had to get to such extremes before anything was actually done about this, but I'm glad that you stepped up. I understand why maybe it took some kind of triggering event to do this. You had put it behind you up till now, and getting that message from him just brought up all those old feelings again. I'm glad you were brave enough to make the call. You've definitely at least done your brother a massive favor. Not to mention any of the other kids that may have eventually ended up in his care. At least they don't even have to spend any time with him anymore. Warrants out for his arrest is also a good thing. Him being behind bars and away from other people is probably better for anyone who knows him. My entitled in-laws kicked my sister-in-law out when she came out, so I forced them to sell the same house. 
My sister-in-law came out as a trans woman when she was 18. My wonderful in-laws kicked her out of the house then and there. They told her to leave the house and threw her out at 8pm with no money or even any documents. And her father took the car keys from her too. She had to walk 8 miles to get to our place. She was crying and of course we took her in. This is horrible behavior, but my husband and I would have just cut them off if that was all they did. But they doubled down. They refused to hand over any of the documents, and my brother-in-law had to go over and barge into their house to get them. They also cleaned up all the money in the joint account. She had saved up 8k working part-time all through high school. They took the money and also sold her car, which was in their name. They were trying to ruin her life as much as they could. My father-in-law is a small-time businessman, and his biggest account was supplying my employer. I had helped him get the contract, and it was very lucrative for him. My employer was a family business, and they treated long-term employees more like family than employees. I was talking to my boss about what happened. He told me that if I could find someone within 5% of the price my father-in-law offered, they would make the switch. My father-in-law offered us really great rates. He was very good at his job, but he had screwed up the contract, because even though we always bought from him, we weren't obligated to buy from him. We could switch suppliers anytime, but he got complacent and assumed we wouldn't switch suppliers. It took me six months of painful searching to find a supplier who could replace him and get us great rates. This was not a major part of my duties, and I had to put in way more hours than normal to find the supplier. But when I did find them, I waited for a month before informing my boss. You see, my in-laws had been planning to do major renovation for a long time, and it involved tearing down a major portion of their house. I waited until the renovation work had truly started before informing my boss. We started to get supplies from the new supplier the next month itself. It crushed his business. It screwed his unit economics and he had to scramble to find new customers. They ended up having to sell their house to save the business, and they didn't get a good rate for it because the house was, well, half torn down when they sold it. My in-laws did try to get money from my brother-in-law, but he told them to screw off. My father-in-law is a decent businessman, and he did crawl his way out of the hole they dug for themselves, but even eight years later, they still haven't bought a new house. I've heard they're still sour about what happened. I mean, I was just doing my job, and if they had kicked her out, they would have still had the house. What goes around comes around, jerks. Honestly, I don't know why your father-in-law didn't see this coming. Could he not read the room as to the family's reaction of him throwing out his daughter was going? Of course you're not going to continue to supply his business at that point. I do gotta say, you really picked your moment to strike. You definitely screwed them over for years. But honestly, they had it coming. It's one thing if you disagree with what's going on with your daughter, it's another to actively try and ruin her life, which is what they were doing. They deserve to get a little comeuppance. I tried to help out a homeless girl and got completely screwed over in the process. Over the weekend, I was staying at a popular UK chain hotel and thought I was going to be there until Sunday night. Well, 1pm comes and I get back to the hotel early from having lunch and it turns out they have a strict checkout time of 12pm to get your money back. And I really don't want to stay there all day by myself, miles away just for the sake of it. Over in the corner of the hotel lobby was a little lounge area with a sofa and some armchairs. There was a girl who must not have been much older than 18 or so asleep on the sofa, and you could tell from her appearance that she was sleeping rough and had come inside out of the rain. 
The hotel reception staff walked over to her and were asking her to leave, which I understand, but I felt horrible for her. I followed her out into the car park and offered her my room key if she promised not to trash the room and as long as she checked out on time. She agreed, and so I went on my way, not really thinking much about it other than how she wouldn't have to sleep outside in the rain. I spoke to my brother later on and he informed me that if something bad happened to her in the room, then it would be on me. So I I was panicked all last night. I tried calling the hotel to tell them the situation, but couldn't get through. When they called me this morning, it turns out that she didn't only trash the room, but that she also urinated in the hallway, tried to smash the vending machine, and was in general a disturbance to other guests. The hotel informed me that I'd have to pay for any damage, and the reception lady gave me a very stern lecture about why they don't just give people rooms when they show up like that. Lesson learned, but at least an 18-year-old girl didn't have to sleep outside in the rain and be open to any number of dangerous situations for a night, I suppose. She didn't have to be a jerk and screw me over, though. Hope your lesson was learned. This happened once in a hotel I worked at. Guy paid for three nights, stayed one and partied with two women, left them to stay for the other two. When housekeeping went in, everything was destroyed. TV, lamps, furniture, bed, everything. He was only charged $1,500 for damages and tried to dispute the charge, saying he wasn't the one who did it. We asked if he knew the women who did the damage, and he couldn't even give us a name. His wife called a few days later wanting an itemized bill of damages and photos to use in her divorce case. I feel really bad for our original poster on this one. He was genuinely trying to do something nice for someone in need. It's unfortunate that it got taken advantage of the way it did. I'd like to think that most people wouldn't do this when given this opportunity to actually sleep in a bed when you haven't had that chance in a while, but I guess it really depends on the person. I do totally understand the decision to want to help her out though, and I have a lot of respect for our poster for doing that. I'm really sorry you got screwed over. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.